You're listening to Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. right kiss army you wanted the best and you got it i'm matt porter and we are live in the kiss room broadcasting from the advanced technology center here on the campus of montgomery county community college thanks for joining us for a special saturday edition of the kiss room if you listened to the broadcast yesterday you heard my story about montco's almost place in history and how kiss was scheduled to play here at the college on may 11th 1974 But the show was canceled. Yeah, you heard me tell that story yesterday. I've told it a bunch of times. One of the bases of the Kiss Room program was really that May date and my desire to bring some Kiss to the Monco campus, which we will do today as I am joined in the studio by some very special guests. We're going to talk to them in just a bit, and you're in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet.
right, Kiss Army. We are live in the Kiss Room for a rare Saturday edition of the Kiss Room. It's 1 o'clock here. We're broadcasting live from Montgomery County Community College. Now, if you're in the Facebook group right now, you actually saw the photo. Chef Keith Taylor is with us, and he brought the most amazing barbecue for everybody here. Now, first of all, i got to tell you, Chef Keith was actually a guest on a show that we do here called Food for Thought. And he says, oh, I'm a huge Kiss fan. It turns out you know the guys in Kiss Alive. And he has found a Zachary's barbecue in honor of his grandmother and his family's southern roots. And let me tell you, we had the best barbecue before the Kiss Room today. If you look, you can see his photo in there. I got the guys from Kiss Alive. We got J.R. Smalling. We got Len D'Alessio. Right now, everybody's enjoying some barbecue. Keith, how are you? What's going on, man? Got to make sure I turn your mic on. How are you, pal? What's happening, Matt? <laughs> you know what, uh, let me tell you, you, in 2012, Philadelphia Magazine bestowed their best barbecue award on Zachary's. That's right. That's and I'm right. here to say I second that because, boy, I'll tell you, that's fantastic. Yeah, we're having a good time, man. Believe it or not, this year we got it again. Uh, the, I guess the, I guess it's all political, so now they say we're the best of the burbs because they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings <laughs> right. in Philly. But uh, you know what? I don't care if they call us the best of whatever. The good thing is that our customers love us, and we share the soul everywhere we go. Now, here's the funny thing. A couple weeks ago, you were a guest on Food for Thought. Of course, we start talking, and, and you say, oh, I love Kiss. But then you had a really good Kiss story, and I want you to share that. It's really funny. We, uh, and I wish I had sent the picture or brought it with me. When we first opened up, and obviously, we're making all our own sauces and everything that we do, and whatever's proprietary, and we make one sauce. And, we're, and when we first opened, we just put these bottles out for people to try all the different sauces we had. And one of the bottles of the things that we do is called Kiss and Vinegar. And it's representative of the Carolinas because that's what makes Carolina barbecue and separates it from all other pulled pork. So that bottle's sitting up there. And when we made the label, the word Kiss is written in the Kiss font. Okay, so we're sitting there saying, oh, it's no big thing. Like Gene Simmons is going to come after us. You know, we just laughed about it. It was no big thing. And it was just because we loved it that much since a kid. So long story short, we get a letter. First, we get a phone call. And we get a phone call, Mr. Taylor, this is such and such and such and such, whatever. And we want to know, we'd like to speak to you about something to do with your merchandise and whatever. We're like, wow, we hit the big time. We're getting calls from lawyers. And, you know, everything's going to be good. And this is four years ago. And then later, they're like, did you get the letter from us? And we're like, no, what letter? And I probably threw it away. Right? So they send another letter. And in this letter, I don't, I, I don't have it with me right now, but it's very funny because my lawyer said, Cease and desist means stop now. Right. You know, and we're sitting there saying, it doesn't going, mean I want barbecue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was because we had the Kiss logo, in which I think I must have wrote the Kiss logo on the back of every single book cover, every pair of pants, everything I've ever owned. Where like my black parents were like, he's hanging out with them damn hair boys again, you know? So, long story short, now I've got the Kiss logo on a bottle of barbecue sauce, and they're coming after me saying, you cannot use that ever. Wow. Yeah, very, very true story. And now we have new labels and new merchandising. And now I understand what they do because if I see someone copying my stuff, they're going to get a cease and desist letter. Exactly. That's exactly the way it works. So that's fantastic. We really appreciate you bringing all that food in. No problem. Now, when we talked on Food for Thought, you talked all about culinary arts and things like that. Tell me, how do you discover KISS? Believe it or not, the KISS discovery, and this is a very good story. I grew up in a very small Italian community called Nutley, New Jersey. It's in North Jersey. And it was just like this pocket of metal. It was like during that time when you were kids where it's like rock versus disco, metal <laughs> versus dance, you know? And I mean, literally, they were like, it almost came to like Civil War kind of thing, you know? Wow. And, you know, the kids in Capizios and the kids in the freaking boots and sneakers, you know? So, 
Long story short, I wasn't going to be wearing a members only jacket. And I was like, the liveliest music I heard was, you know, Priest, Maiden, Motorhead, Metallica, Anthrax, Anvil, every club that's in the area, and Kiss. So from junior high school on, that's always been my thing. When I went to clubs in high school trying to sneak in underage, (laughs) they called me black metal, you know, the the black thrashing chef, you know, all kinds of madness. But that whole crew that I hung out with just... It, that's where I discovered Kiss in that small town, in that small community. So if you could picture a high school senior class of like 450 kids and there's like three black faces, <laughs> I was one of those kids that got caught up in whatever the music that the other 450 were listening to and has been with me ever since. That's fantastic. Well, you know, and it's funny because then we were talking and we have a mutual friend in Vampire Kelly Stevens from Phantasm. How about so? Shout out, Vampire Kelly Stevens. Yo, Kelly Stevens, I know your real name, brother, and I know you're DJing at AJ's right now. So we're, this is a shout out for you and the girls, man. You know, hopefully they're listening live. I want that image. How about that? <laughs> so really, anybody, if you're in the Montgomery County Community College area, you know, Zachary's Barbecue is right here in Norristown. You're five minutes away. I can't recommend it more. I'll tell you what, the food's delicious. Guys, anyone, if you stop by, we do free samples all the time. We're not running around talking about we're the best barbecue in the world. The beauty of it is that every single person that comes to us says that for us. So if you look on Yelp, if you go on Google, if you go to www.zacharysbarbecue.com, bbq.com, I'm sorry, you can find out about us. You can come in and find out for yourself. We love everyone, and we're looking forward to having you. Well, I think one of the themes of today is going to be you wanted the best. You got it. That's it, baby. And you brought it today. So thanks a million. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to go to a song. And since we're here in May, I'm going to play one. We're, we're going really old school because obviously we got some uh, really old school roots going on today. I'm going to go to a song and we're going to celebrate the uh, 13th of May for some reason. And I want you to say, do you know this song? Post it in the Kiss Room on Facebook. Here's something old for you in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet.
Well, that ends it quick, doesn't it? I, th- I don't know. That song just is a demo. And does anybody know what that was? Wicked Lester. Yeah, I got to turn on all your mics. Wow. Wicked Lester. <laughs> Wicked uh, Lester. Celebrating Friday the 13th. Thir- 13th uh, of May. Simple type. You got it. There you go. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, Let's look. You can hear it. The room is packed. You show us everything you got. You know, this is the room gets hot. This is fantastic. Now, I'm, I got my notes here. I'm going to go right around, around the room. This is the most people ever in the Kiss Room at one time. So we got Anthony Delucia Jr. You are Gene in Alive 75. Hello, Matt. We got Anthony Russo is Ace in Alive 75. Oh yeah. Hello, Matt. And he says to me, I don't even want to talk very much. Well, we're, we can just go act. You know, like, hey, hey, hey. We got Joe Gillies. Joe Gillies is Peter in Alive 75. Hey. Mike Delucia is Paul in Alive 75. Hey, Matt. And you're fresh off an airplane, right? You're, that's right. Just that's flew nice. in from Cali. Just flew in for the We'll make it sound room. like I was flown in from Cali just to be here. <laughs> we have Len D'Alessio, photographer. Your fake pictures are like the rock royalty. Yeah, that's me. And the man himself, <laughs> J.R. Smalling. Oh, yeah. Amazing that you're here in the Kiss Room on Hanko Radio where music and minds meet. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my line. Now, usually Chris does that. that was How you day. doing, people? All right. <laughs> Bobby Dreher, back again. Dottie Jones is here. Now, Dot, you had your photo with you and JR. That was fantastic. I think I got everybody. Wow, this is like a party, and you're all invited. You're that's here in the kitchen on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. Wow, where do we even start? Now, here's, here's the funny thing. Really, one of the themes of this show that kind of emerged was, obviously, yesterday, if you listened to the show, you heard about, I went on and on about how May 11th, 1974, KISS was uh, scheduled to play here at Montgomery County Community College. And I actually have that ad, and I showed it to JR, and he says, look at the routing of this tour. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because, of course, that show didn't happen. And, you know, of course, I based the whole show of the kiss room off something that never happened. But, you know, hey, it's, it's all good. It's a basis. But then the funny thing is how everybody's connected. A couple months ago, I get a call. Pat Drevich is the one who schedules things here at the college. And she says, I got a phone call from a guy, and I think you're going to want this info. And it's Anthony from Alive 75. They're looking for a place to play. Why not Montgomery County Community College? And that's how I met you. So there we go. So tell us about, like, I guess how did Kiss Alive 75 get started or, you know, so, yeah, so we, we all are semi-professional musicians in our own right, doing our own cover band stuff, all diehard KISS fans. Uh, in fact, some of us back in the day, 13, 14, 15 years old, may have done what was the first kiss mania I'm doing the air quotes for people out there, <laughs> right. uh, it's band radio. ever. Um, but it just, it just kind of appeared. Um, I was at a tribute band show doing a Doors show. And thought they were a phenomenal band. They were playing great music, but there wasn't a lot of experiential stuff going on. And shortly after that, I started thinking about what we might be able to do to bring a bigger experience to a tribute show. And started making calls, started talking to guys about, you know, we could do this. We should do this. Um, I was in that same theater director's office three days later, kind of selling my idea, if you will. Uh, And they thought it was a great idea. And before you know it, now I've got a commitment to do a show that... I haven't built. Right. There you so go. at that point, I'm, I'm semi-panicked, but at the same time, super psyched and um, reaching out to everybody that I can to kind of get whatever information I can about how to pull this all together and make it happen. And I'm having a great time doing it. So after we did that show, we had some great feedback and started talking about where else might we want to put that. And that led me here and a bunch of other places in terms of introducing myself and seeing what we could do. 
you know, we need to hook that up. I'm going to put that out there right now. That, you know, we need to make that happen. I think anybody who's out there listening, you send me some feedback. If we can hook that up, you know, you keep me posted. We'll, we'll find that out. That's fantastic. So, I mean, that's really, you know, how you got that started. And then, obviously, I think your, your brother and how would you find the rest of these guys? So, my cousin Mike here is sitting next to me. He's the first guy I called. Yeah. I'll, I'll let him tell you a little bit about how that conversation went. So, uh, Anthony and I play in a, a local cover band, uh, pop rock favorite, you know, party music, bring the party to you. Ain't nothing but a party. Have a blast every time we play. So, we've been playing together for years, um, 10 years, longer. Besides the fact that in 1981 we did the Kiss cover band. Um, and I get the phone call. Uh, I went to a Dort show and uh, I looked at the theater, everything you just heard. And I think we need to do the, the Kiss show again. So I said, you're crazy. <laughs> right. You're, at, you're out of your mind. First of all, uh, you know, not to give anything away, but we're older. So, you know, so that's the first thing. Um, immediately uh, I realized that I'm the Paul character in the band. I need to be the star child. And there's all that kind of stuff that I need to perform. So... You know, I, I I can't touch my toes anymore. That kind of thing. You say Paul comes with doing a lot of sit-ups. Paul, exactly. So, so you know, after some convincing and, I don't know, 20 pounds I lost or whatever, I said, all right, so if we're going to do this, I need to go on a heavy-duty diet. I need to do, you know, and it gets more and more and more involved. And then uh, Anthony Russo is, is the next phone call, and uh, that brings us back to our, our younger days. And so while Anthony and I are playing and we're doing what we do live you know, regularly playing our instruments at least. The next moment, Coco goes to Anthony Russo, who, who hasn't played his guitar in 15 years or whatever it was. <laughs> right, and, and, and he's waving off now. Look, it's radio. You can't wave your hands. <laughs> Nobody can see you. So it's, <laughs> Anthony, Anthony and I go back to high school, love him like a brother, um, knew that he's been playing on his couch uh, and doing that Ace Freely thing his entire life. But it's, it's, maybe there's some rust we got to work out. He didn't need any convincing. He's like, Ant, whatever you need, I'm there. What do we got to do? And we just we just hit the ground and really started working it out. Um, we I tell you something. We were surprised at how much work it was. Uh, I was surprised, right? Um, it was a crazy idea, but we had a phenomenal time putting it together. It was a challenge for us, and we learned a ton of stuff from that first show. Seeing the video, getting the feedback from people. I mean, if anybody goes to our Facebook page. Um, You'll see, we ask for feedback all the time. Like, what did you see that you like? What didn't you like? What can we do better? I mean, we're not experts in this space. We're fans. Uh, and we've taken all of that. And when people notice little things that we put a lot of thought in, it means a lot. When people notice stuff that we missed completely, it means a lot too. Right. And I'm like, holy, we need to do that now, right? And we keep layering that stuff in. And it's just been a, a, a tremendous ride. Now, before you get to Joe, because he's the next guy you're going to want to talk to. <laughs> Joe is not the original drummer in the band, mm -hmm. right? We started this with the drummer who was part of our regular group, who was also a good drummer, big Kiss fan, was on board immediately. He upped and moved uh, out of our area and wasn't able to do this anymore. So we scrambled to find somebody to fill that spot. And now, as much as we love our original drummer, and he's a great guy, I will often tell people that finding Joe was the best thing that could have ever happened to the band because he is a nut. Sounds just like Kiss. He's a nut. Right? And when he starts playing with the band, and I'm going to let him tell you a little bit of, uh, you know, we'll, we'll want to hear from him from his side of the, of the kit. But the man came to the rehearsals knowing some stuff. And with every rehearsal we subsequently had, he had more stuff. And he's charting and he's learning and he's putting together. I mean, the weird stuff that Peter does that you say to yourself, why the heck did he do that? Joe's doing that. And it just, it took us, it, the way it felt playing together, it took it to a whole different level. I mean, 
Joe will probably say some crazy things about me, but you need to hear it from him directly. <laughs> yeah, two uh, two quick points on that. The uh, when I first got involved in this, and friends of mine know, and you know, guys I played Kiss with in my first band, just like these guys did. Um, my one buddy said, "Well, you got to know that record inside out, right?" I said, "Well." Yeah, I thought I did until I got into it and started to really listen <laughs> right, to it. Right. And n- notice all those subtle nuances and those strange things that Anthony mentions. But um, they had an ad on Craigslist. That's how I found the band. <laughs> and I responded to the ad. It said, Kiss Tribute needs Peter Chris." I-, I couldn't dial it fast enough, you know. <laughs> right, right. I call him up. We start talking. He's telling me about this. Like, oh, this is really cool. And then he says, well, we're recreating the Alive album note for note and word for word. And I start thinking, I said, um, well, it, there's, uh, there's a problem. Uh, I don't sing. He goes, well, you have to sing because you have to sing Nothing to Lose right. in Black Diamond. Exactly. So I'm like, okay. We you talk a little more. <laughs> well, there was the, and, and do we have to do that song? Joe, it's on the live album. Right. And, and can we change the key? No. Right. You, you're going to learn to sing. Right? If you want the gig, you're going to learn to sing. Right. So he calls me back and he says, all right, look, I just talked to Michael, our Paul Stanley character. And as a matter of fact, he knows you. He's set in with your band. I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, I know him. He goes, so we know you can play the drums. And after talking to you, you're as crazy as we are. So you have to learn to sing. That's excellent. That's, that's how it came about. So how many vocal lessons did it take? It was um, that poor girl. Her name was Kelly Shea. Yeah, no Big joke. Beat Studios. The man went for lessons. And actually, funny story about that, too. The guy who owns the studio that I took the lessons at, his name's Joe Navallo. Ring a bell with anybody? When Peter left, Joey auditioned for Kiss. There you go. So I called him. I said, Joe, here's what I want to do. I need to learn to sing Black Diamond and Nothing to Lose. He goes, no way. Forget it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, no way? He goes, well, because I did it, and I had to learn it in two weeks. And he goes, dude, I screwed it up royally. He goes, you got three months? All right, come on, we'll set up a couple lessons. <laughs> nice. So now, well, that's which, fantastic. By the way, he, he's actually, is more of a confidence thing than an actually he can't sing thing. Because he actually does an unbelievable does job. job. It, it was just about, get it out of your head and just that's do it, and it was phenomenal. Man, the first time he did it in my garage, we did Nothing to Lose. We played the song. The first seven rehearsals we had, we get to the Nothing to Lose part, and there would just be silence, and he would be waving his head, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. We'd be going, nothing to lose, and he'd be going, nothing, no, not yet, not yet. And then the first time we put the microphone in front of him and the no- noise actually came out, we're like, oh, that's it. We're done. I knew he could do it. He just had to get it out of his head. Well, you know, now think about that. The first time you go out on stage together, talk about the first show. What was that like? The first show was was big for us. I mean, it was the first time we got out in front of people. I mean, three of us had done it 30 years ago or more, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this was a big deal. I mean, for, for, for Anthony, our spaceman, hadn't played on a stage since the high school eight. So it was a big experience for him. Uh, Mike and I have been on stage for years in front of big crowds and little crowds. So taking the stage, not necessarily a big deal, but taking the stage and putting on that show, Really, really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked hard at stage moves and at you know poses and kind of trying to be the character. Uh, we really wanted to focus on creating an experience, not just dress up and play Kiss songs, but really try to take it to another place. Um, I'll be I'll be the first one to say when we saw our video from the first show, it didn't match what some of the feedback was we were getting because we were very hard on ourselves. I'm like, dude, I, I thought I jumped higher than that, or you know. <laughs> You know, there's this going back and forth in the room when we're kind of evaluating ourselves. But 
the experience when we were actually going through it was, was really exciting for us. It was really fun. Um, but I tell you what was even bigger than that is after the show, our first meet and greet. Mm-hmm. People coming up to us and just saying they had a great time and thank you for doing this and for you know bringing this to the area and you know this was really cool. When are you going to do this again? And and another thing, this was a once and done when we put it together. We did wow. this because we wanted to do it. We rented a bunch of equipment to make it happen. Um, we didn't think we were going to continue. Uh, in fact, we had a meeting shortly after that, and they all looked at me and said, "What do you mean we're going to do more of this?" Right? So uh, <laughs> we kind of talked that. You're all hooked in exactly. Now. But the first show was really just for that experience, for us to see what it was like, to enjoy it, to have that memory, put it in the box, right, and then just move on. But the feedback that we got from people and the people that enjoyed the show and liked coming out, I mean, it, it meant something to us. It, it made us feel good. It made us feel good to be able to have a great time with these folks. That's the um, trap you fall uh, I don't want to cut no, you No, no, please. That's the trap you fall into, though. It's like the fans are much more forgiving than the band themselves. Like, you know, oh. like, hysteria is the same way. It's like, you know, we would we'll butcher ourselves and each other. <laughs> and, and then it's like the fans just think we're, like, the greatest thing walking. It's like, I mean, it's like, are you watching the same show? Is it, is yeah. It, is it, you know? Well, it was funny because we came in here. And, and it's like, you know, there's no need to be nervous because this is the most accepting crowd because they're all diehard KISS fans. So you know that you're playing to a group. If they're going to come to your show, they're diehard KISS fans. Nobody's coming in going, gee, I wonder what songs they might play. <laughs> you go, well, it's, I have a pretty good idea. Yeah. you know, and, and that's the nice thing, I think, right off the bat, is that you know you're going to get a crowd that really wants to see it. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, with that comes they're going to be hypercritical. And how many, oh, you know, you had 13 studs on your gauntlet and you should only have 12. Oh, yeah, we've that's talked not, to those that's guys. That's not the right rivet. <laughs> you know, the rivet oh. should go to the left, not the right. You, you know, have no idea. Is, man. It, it does get like that. <laughs> we, heard, we heard from <laughs> Anthony Russo. That was Anthony Russo. You know, and that's, I think, that's one of the things it's the blessing and a curse now obviously we're going to we're talking about the origins of your band but we're also going to talk about the origins of kiss we're going to talk to jr when we come back about that we have len now i was psyched len's actually walking around with his camera taking pictures i feel like somehow part of like a, a great lineage of you know people that have been in front of your camera len i mean it's no, really fantastic <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to a song we're going to come right back here's paul stanley with the weather report <laughs> When we came flying in this afternoon, it was so sunny, I thought we were going to fry alive. And I got that feeling here tonight, I just know, if we work hard enough on our rock and roll, we got to get this place.
that ends quick, doesn't it? See, some of these demos I have, they just they don't even fade out. Now, we're back in the Kiss Room. It's about 1.30 here on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. we got a room full of people. This is awesome. Stepping up to the mic, obviously, J.R. Smalling. I'm honored that you would come down here and spend some time with us. Hey, Ray. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the honor is mine, believe me. Obviously, anybody who's in the Kiss world knows about your new book, Out on the Streets, filled with stories. Obviously, it's the original Rogue crew. Yourself, Peter Orokinto, share a lot of stories in that. Close calls, things that have happened on the road. Moose likes lists, everything. Is, he went to the store and he <laughs> bought this and that and this and that. You can, it's like he has his shopping list, which is fantastic. Yeah, man. But the, uh, the one thing, like I said, I want to say in the book on page 17, it says that Kiss had canceled two more shows, and the Kiss then drove back to Pennsylvania about 480 miles, where they were told that the school on whose campus the forklift was, or the show was scheduled, cannot meet the rider requirements, which was a forklift. <laughs> Sounds like the show at Monaco, but we didn't cancel <laughs> on you at the last minute, even though I think I was six at the time. <laughs> Kiss canceled, so I actually asked Jeff Seuss about it, who wrote that, and he says, well, Kiss canceled two shows in Windsor, Windsor Ontario, which was 5.6 and 5.7. And then drove to Upper Darby, PA, to try to make a last-minute opening slot for Argent on 5-7 at the Tower Theater that they ended up not performing. I'm just trying to keep my co out of trouble. See how that works? <laughs> 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 so, wow, where do we start? I mean, in the book, you hey. really share it. I mean, obviously, everybody that has a copy of the book, you talk about how you hook up with Kiss and how you get started. I know we're talking about with a Live 75, how they started this show. You started that show. Building all that stuff. And Moose yep. has the diagram of how to build a flash pot, and people do not do this at home. <laughs> but, That's uh, true. So thinking back to those times, obviously a lot of it you share in your book, but take us back in time. Talk about the earliest days. What were some of those memories? The first time you walk in, you see this band called Kiss. Yeah. Well, I had been uh, working on the road for a couple of years. Worked on a few tours. Uh, worked on the Diamond Dogs tour with uh, with Bowie. Worked on a tour with Yes. Uh, Dutch group Focus at the time had a big song, Hocus Pocus. And I had just come off the road with uh, with the Jay Giles band. And it's December 73, and I get a call from uh, Richie Wise, who was uh, one of the uh, producers of uh, the first Kiss album and the second Kiss album also. And he says, listen, man, I just finished an album with these guys. They're going to be hot. Um, they got a great show, and they need somebody with your experience to get the show on the road the way they want it every night, you know? And, uh, you know, me, having been on the road for all of two or three years, I'm like, yeah, right, you know, you know I've, I've heard this before. What's the name of the group? The group is Kiss. Great, I'm not impressed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, he says, well, they're doing a showcase at the Fillmore East for the music uh, industry uh, crowd here in New York City on uh, on January 8th. And you should come down and check them out, you know, and if it's something that you like, you know, I can get you a meeting with the manager. So I went down, and I wasn't really expecting a whole lot. You know, uh, the scene at the time was, was very uh, glam, New York dolls, and, you know, a lot of weird stuff going on. <laughs> And um, like every other first time, uh, you know, KISS fan or KISS viewer, I was knocked out. I couldn't believe it. You know, I had never seen anything like it before. Here's one minute, the guy's blowing flames, <laughs> bombs are going off, the drums are levitating, fog, flames, all of this stuff is happening. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is, 
awesome, you know? I, 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 I don't really know what this is, but whatever it is, I want in, you know? <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people feel. I remember, you know, thinking of the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was craziness. It, it, it was organized chaos. It, it, it really was. But the show was so well choreographed and so well scripted that there was never a dull moment and always something that you hadn't seen before going on, you know? When we um, started working with the band and all of those effects and everything else, you know, that, that stuff hadn't, hadn't happened at that time, you know? So some people say, well, uh, you guys raised the bar for live performances. I say, no, we didn't. We created the bar. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because before then, you know, um, it, it, was, it was only two kind of acts, you know? American bands and jeans and the British guys and the crushed velvets and the, and the boots, you know. And um, this was totally different. And um, we're really proud in what we did because if you see a Kiss show today, it's for all intents and purposes the same exact show, same effects, some different songs, of course, and bigger and better now because they've got all the money to, to support all of that. But it's pretty much the same show. So we're, right. we're really proud of the longevity. Well, even when you talk about, you know, the levitating drum machine and things like that that you were figuring out. Now yeah. it's, you know, it's that scissor lift and it's, you know, but at the time right. you really had to, you know, make that up and really figure it out. And and that's, I think, one of the things that really impressed me is you're talking about it. It almost feels like very much like you're a band of pirates and Pretty you had much. to really pave the way. Pretty you much. Know, there's, you yeah. don't just walk in and go, OK, I need this that does that and this does that. It was like really putting the show together. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, one of the things that really comes through in the book is you get the sense of it was really an adventure. It was an adventure. It was, uh, you know, the band was always improving on their, themselves and their performance. And they wanted the show to progress the same way. So we'd be given a task, you know, uh, okay, well, the flash pods were good, but is there any way we could make them louder? <laughs> you know, sure you want them louder? Okay, no problem, you know. Boom. <laughs> uh, you, want the, you want the fog to be blue tonight, you know? No problem. We'll, we'll take care of it, you know. So um, we really accepted uh, the challenge, and we did it eagerly because we knew that it hadn't been done before, and we wanted to, uh, we wanted to challenge ourselves as well as deliver for the band. So it was great. Absolutely. Great stuff. great stuff. Now, thinking back to those early days, I mean, really now, approximately how old were you at the time when you first started with KISS? I started with KISS in uh, January of 74, so I would have been 23. 23 years old. And the reason yeah. why I ask it, I know a lot of the people that listen to Monaco Radio, they're students. And they tune in to all the shows, including the KISS Room here on Monaco Radio. Talk about if somebody wanted to get into that kind of business. You know, you were the road manager. What were some of the strengths? What were some of the things that prepared you for that kind of work? Well, I was a drummer. I was a drummer in high school. Uh, I, I was actually, a, my rival drummer in the neighborhood was a kid named Mark Bell, who uh, played in a group called Dust, a three-piece power trio. And uh, after that group folded, he played for a couple of other bands, but then he found the band that actually got him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he changed his name to Marky Ramone. There you go. And oh, now okay. he's, uh, you know, he's that guy, you know. But Mark was a great drummer, and um, as such, um, that's pretty much where I started. My band at the time, um, we had an accident at the house that we were staying at. The house burned down. We almost lost our lives. 
And I needed to earn enough money to get a new set of drums, but I wanted to do it still within the business. And at the time, there was a rehearsal studio, uh, probably one of the first rehearsal studios in, in New York City called Baggies. And Baggies was the place that when foreign groups would come over, they would always put their tour together, their U.S. tour together in Baggies, first stop in, in the States and all. And um, being as I, I, I had some chops on stage, uh, being a drummer, I, I, I was a drum roadie, and also having uh, done some roadie work with Dust and all, I became one of the guys that would help the, the foreign groups and show them the lay of the land, get them around the States. I mean, this is before GPS. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, or anything else. <laughs> And um, that's how I, I really got into it. And I was fortunate enough to, to work with some of the bigger acts of the time that I already mentioned, you know. So um, it, it was like walking up a flight of stairs, really, you know. Everything that I did helped get me to another level. And um, it was just, just great. Kismet. You know, it's funny you mentioned about not having GPS. And also there's a great chapter in the in the book about the CB jargon. And that's a <laughs> oh, whole yeah. culture that really is so, you know, kind of very 70s. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they read that, I mean, I right away think about it was, you know, you think about the movies or things like that. But that, that idea of using all those, the lingo and sure. you all had code names. And I sure, really enjoyed man. that. I thought that was really neat. Uh, we had a little CB radio. We always thought it was cool. Anytime you'd pick up some weird signal, you'd be like, oh, listen to that now. It's, you know, everybody has right. a cell phone. But right. it's it's a really – it's funny because now Len had said his camera is a time machine. In some ways, reading through the book, you get these the sense of it is that time. It's right. very much of the time and, right. and really how different things are now, right. you know, as far as, you know, really that kind of thing goes. But so what were – like really when you think about it, what was your strongest thing that you brought to it that you were able to be so successful with them? What do you think it was? Um, experience, confidence. Uh, really, we all had a take-no-prisoners type attitude. Um, we got the job done no matter what it took. We wouldn't take no for an answer, no matter who tried to uh, tell us that from the opening, from the headline act, to the promoter, to whomever, you know. It was, uh, we were very single-minded. And, uh, of course, at that time, this is before the band could afford bodyguards or anything else like that. So we did everything right. for them, you know. We went, we, we, we lived with those guys, basically, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Excuse me, when you're in, when, when you're a thousand miles from home and you got to, a guy walking around in four-inch uh, heels and, you know, leather pants and spider <laughs> rings and, you know, and they can't figure out why people are looking at him so strange. You know, it's like, hey, look at yourself. Have you seen a mirror lately, you know? Uh, so we were with them all the time. And um, we took pride in making sure that nothing happened to our boys, you know? Now, one of the chapters is called Kiss Cuties, and you share some of those things. Now, if you're with them all the time, obviously Gene claims 4,800 women, things yeah. like that. You must have some good stories. There's some in there in the book, brothers and sisters and uh, Brotherly all, love. Yeah, all kind love. of crazy stuff happening. <laughs> now, obviously it's a family show, but is there any story you can think of? About Gene, maybe there, you know, there had to be a turnstile in his door if he was up to the numbers that he talks about. Well, so. Gene was Gene was uh, getting out on the road for Gene is like letting a kid loose in a in a candy store, you know. He had always uh, lusted after uh, the ladies, and uh, the band was just so unique and so different that uh, 
the floodgates were open. You know, everybody wanted to get with the band. You know what I mean? But uh, Gene was always about uh, uh, quantity over quality. <laughs> you know, so 4,800 was, was no big number. <laughs> you know what I mean? Toothless, one eye, you know, no problem. Come here, baby. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it was really that bad. And he'll admit it. You know, he'll admit it. He was just... Uh, as they say, boys will be boys. There you go. Because, yeah, they were young guys at the time, yeah. too. It, was a whole, it sounds like really a whole bunch of young guys getting yeah. out there, yeah. like you said, kid in a candy store. Well, yeah, well, you know, like I say in the book, working with Kiss at the time was like running away and joining the circus. You know, you had everything. The world was your oyster, as they used to say, you know. Traveling the country and, and, and just seeing new places, meeting new people, different kinds of people in different areas. Uh, blowing stuff up, <laughs> <You know>? right? right. <laughs> Meeting women, you know, it's like every, every guy's dream, you know. So it uh, it did have its fringe benefits, that's for sure. Now, one thing, right when you came in, I said it's first of all, I'm, I was so thrilled you came in because your voice has been in our head for like four decades. Sorry about that. Well, that's the greatest because I say how often everybody shouts that. Line. You don't have to apologize for that. Well, and you talk you talk about in the uh, in the book you talk about the origin of the intro, the famous intro, yeah. and and that you had debuted it in Cobo Hall around May sixteenth, nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. But then you said that you had tried a couple others after that. Do you remember any of the ones that you tried that weren't as successful? No, no, <laughs> because they weren't successful. Right. You, you, right. Know? you try to forget some of your your failures. You know what I mean? Well, before before your famous intro was the general besides like the um, the Winterland show where it goes you know put your your tulips together and kiss was that the general intro that was before? that was the general intro you know as an opening act um, we didn't always have the opportunity to, to have whatever we thought was our own intro and it was usually um, a radio DJ <laughs> or a promoter guy that would say something you know a recognizable voice from the local area that would that, that would do the intro but um, you know what happened was um, we were opening up for Blue Oyster Cult a lot of shows, and it was hilarious because here we have guys walking around six seven and six eight, you know, in their heels, and the Blue Oyster Cult guys, the tallest one was only five seven, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're towering over these guys, and 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 we're the opening act. It's like, what's wrong with this picture, you know? But um, like you said, the uh, the intro that we used at the time, Sean Delaney came up with it, and all right, whatever city it is. Uh, are you ready to rock? If you're ready to rock, then put your two lips together and kiss. And I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> a, little, a little weak, you know. It doesn't really get you ready for what, for what you're about to see. Meanwhile, Blue Oyster Cult, half our size, was, all right, you dogs, on your feet or on your knees. Blue Oyster. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> that, that's an intro, you know. So um, I, I, I was determined to come up with an intro that uh, I thought was equal to the show that was to follow. Right. And after uh, playing around with it for a a month or two, uh, I came up with the intro. And here again, I'm proud to say, I wrote that intro, and they're still using a form of it today, 41 years Mm -hmm. later. Absolutely. Very proud of that, too. Give me a little taste of it now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's funny because that's the thing. It's like it's been around as part of the show. And you talk about the show that you guys did is essentially right. the same thing now. Absolutely. And the fact that that has been the intro. And like I said, I mean, I, I joke about it, but we've said that 
all our life. Right. We've all known right. it. You know, it's Alive. Kiss Alive is one of my favorite albums. You could take that album. Every song is good. Yep. If you didn't have one other album, you could have Kiss Alive. Yep. Yep. And you're right there. I'll tell you a funny story. I, uh, I, I met a young lady. I think she was 12, 13 years old. And she says, I heard your voice every morning for I don't know how many years because that was what my father put on the alarm clock. <laughs> and she would wake up if you wanted to. You know? See, I think that's, that's a missed opportunity. They should actually put those out. I want one that has a play. That's well, a great I guarantee idea. it will wake you up. <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed. But true, it was but the it, it was inspired by Toyota. Right? It was That's, inspired yeah. by Toyota. That was yeah. the, their old yeah. uh, logo or uh, their yeah. old uh, their old phrase. That was yeah. that was part of their their jingle at the time. They had a uh, a commercial out that uh, it went uh, something. You asked for it, you got it, Toyota. And that uh, was not the same. That was, no. uh, not the same. Uh, that would have sounded funny if I did it like that. Right? You're right, right. Uh, loose inspiration. <laughs> but uh, when that commercial came out, um, was uh, right around the time that Hotter Than Hell came out. And everything was, you know, hot and kisses on fire. And matter of fact, that picture that you showed me of the ad uh, for here had referred to... They're sending the country up in smoke. Yeah. It, so everything was hot, this, hot, that. And I just played around with it, and one night it just came up as you, you wanted the best and you got it, the hottest band in the land. That's fantastic. <laughs> now, obviously, for everybody who's read the book, it goes along, like, it's such a fun adventure, and then you get to that chapter called Kissed Off. Kissed Off, yes. And it really, you paint such a picture in the book of just, it all just kind of comes crashing down in an instant. One meeting, boom. Oh, yeah. Envelope comes across the table. Oh, yeah. And they took part of your money for this hotel room in Germany. In Germany, yeah. yeah. And it's we, over. Uh, well, you know, it's funny that you should even mention the, the, the money in the hotel room because, um, you know, we talked about that. And um, I'm like, Bill, Bill O'Coin, the manager, I'm mm -hmm. like, Bill, you got to understand, you know. Fans see a group like KISS. And they love the stories. Did you hear what Kiss did to this band? And they locked this guy in a case, and they destroyed this hotel room. And what? So look at the, look at the guys. You got half the band isn't up to it. You know what I mean? So anything that they hear that we're involved in is what they expect. You know, and and it endears the fans, uh, endears the group to the fans to know that you know they're going to stick up for themselves. They're going to party when they have the time. They're going to they're going to work when they when they have to and the like. And um, it didn't really impress him, I guess. <laughs> Got it, right. But, um, yeah, it, it, it did end rather abruptly. And, you know, it's funny because we wrote that book from the standpoint of, you know, four guys that became brothers, really, uh, just sitting around and reminiscing about a really great time in our lives. And we, we wanted to write it in a way that the reader would feel like they were just hanging out with us at a bar somewhere or eavesdropping and, and really getting the vibe for, for what, uh, what, what went on, you know? Um, so I think, I think we did that. And um, everything in the book is true. Um, and it's 90, 99% warm and fuzzy, like you said. But the way that it ended was ugly, yeah. you know? And I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't sugarcoat that. I had to tell it the way that it was. We had to tell it the way that it was. I mean, it, it was it was uh, crushing to know 
that, I mean, we had been shot at for this group. Right. We had fought for this group. We had been threatened with bodily harm, you know, for the group. And um, the way that it ended um, was really uh, a shock. And um, some of us, Mick, Mick Campisi, you know, rest in peace, uh, it really affected him um, the hardest, I think. He, Mick uh, dropped out of the business after mm-hmm. that and became a teacher. And I don't know how it happened, but if you can, if you can picture a good old Texas boy <laughs> teaching English in Boston, <laughs> I don't know how the heck that happened, but that's about as far away from the stage as he could get, you know. So, uh, you know, that, that that's how that happened. But, um, you know, life went on, and, and we all went on to, to bigger and better things. Um, but, you know, we had hoped we had hoped for much more. You know, it wasn't until just recently somebody pointed out to me, it's like, well, I mean, they're, they're doing their 40-year anniversary, you know. It's like, you guys helped create the equivalent of, of a Microsoft or a Google or, or, or you know, some, some megalithic uh, company that you couldn't, couldn't live without, you know. And, and the fact that, uh, that we were not uh, around to, uh, to share in that... Uh, the glory, so to speak, it, it, it was disappointing. But like I say, life goes on. Well, and you mentioned in the book that obviously at that point there weren't cell phones and this, that, and the other, email, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Right. And you were kind of told, look, don't get in touch with the band. Right. And right. and was you were kind of like really pushed aside? Absolutely. Not kind of. We, we were persona non grata. I mean, mm. you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Like you say, there was no way to reach them. Um, as soon as we got back from Europe, you know, Paul and Jean moved out of their parents' homes and, uh, Peter moved to a different apartment. Ace moved out. Um, so in those days when you moved, so, you know, your, your phone number didn't go with you. Right. You know what I mean? So there was no way to reach him. You couldn't call the office and say, matter of fact, I asked Bill, I said, well, listen, you know, can we talk to the band? And you know, what's, no, they don't want to talk to you, you know? Mm. So that's, uh. That's the reality of that situation, you know. And um, there was a couple of a uh, couple of other individuals on another uh, podcast that shall re- remain nameless, who seemed to be incredulous to the fact that you mean to say that you couldn't go down and backstage and try to talk to them, and it this just doesn't work that way, you know. Um, there's security uh, for a reason, you know, right. and. Um, it's not, that's not my style to grovel. You know, right. I had been, uh, I'd been excommunicated and that was that. And you, you know? talk in the book about the last time you had seen Bill in the elevator. Yeah. And, you know, it sounded like he turned uh, white as a sheet. Yeah. And, you that know. Was fun. <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun. That, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Bill, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the guys, and Bill included, you know, they were, there was a new entity, there was a new sheriff in town with Glickman and Marks, the new business managers that, that had been hired. And um, I've seen it happen since then. You get new business managers, they like to clean house. Mm-hmm. Right. So that the only people around the band are going to be espousing their particular credo and what they want them to hear and what they want them to believe. You know, um, so... The guys were, were, were just getting to the top of the mountain. They could almost 
see the millions that they were about to make. You know what right. I mean? And like most bands, they maybe they didn't forget. Maybe they didn't know that uh, the bands don't work for the managers. The managers work for the bands. Right. And really, there's nothing that a manager can make you do that you don't want to do, you know. Um, but they were, there's all this money in front of them and they didn't want to jeopardize it. So they were told that we had to go and uh, we went. Yeah, but you also don't know, you don't know the, the what went on behind that either. Yeah, and were they yeah. trying to save money by getting rid of you guys, thinking they can get a cheaper crew? Or was it because of things that <laughs> were going didn't, on? They well, didn't have any money then. Yeah. yeah. Or, they were all broke. Right. Yeah. And Or was it partly because, if you think about it, like what was going on with Ace and Peter? Were they trying to police Ace and Peter by getting rid of the crew that might be a bad influence? No. Or, in it, their opinion, you know yeah, what I'm saying? No, you know? no, no. It was, it was strictly Glickman and Marks yeah. wanting to uh, have an iron grip on the, on the group. Because if you think about it, um, we were with the band for two and a half years, from 74 to 76, uh, June of 76. After we were let go is when the re- wheels really started to come off the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when uh, things really, with, with the money came the growing animosity between the guys in the band. And I got to tell you, uh, speaking of Mick Campisi, Mick was, was a star in that he was not only Peter's um, drum roadie, but he was he was his babysitter. You know, uh, if you've read Peter's book, and I really haven't read any of the books, but I've I've seen snippets here and there, and you know, um, Mick was always there for Peter. If Peter called Mick up at three o'clock in the morning, and we had to leave at seven o'clock, Mick would get out of bed and go and hang with Peter and talk him through his depression, you know, and get on the get in the truck or the bus or whatever. And, and, and go to work after that, you know. So you guys were the so, glue, baby. Maybe you yeah. guys were the glue, and that's when it came. Well, you know, when I, you left. I, I I hesitate to really, you know, take any any real credit for it, but I can say I guess we'll never know. You know, there were times when I had to separate uh, Peter and Gene physically. You know, um, uh, but I like to think that as things got worse, I think that we were the guys that could have actually physically grabbed them and say, what are you doing, you know? Look what you're doing to yourself. Look what you're doing to this band. You're destroying this thing that you've worked so hard to create. Come on, suck it up, you know, and let's get the show on the road like we used to, you know? Once we were gone, um, you didn't have guys that were with them like we were. They didn't have guys that were as tight with them as we were, and and they they became solely employees and as such they didn't have the vibe to be able to tell them the things that i think we told them and and could have told them had we been around so absolutely there there wasn't that family feeling there was a it was really clear to me because i'm the only one in the room aside from jr that was there right and there was a really solid break i would be able to walk down the street and say oh Here's a, a, a coins office. I'm going to go up and say hello. I just walk in. Right. Say hello, Gene, be there, and say, here, come in, read some fan mail with me. Yeah. And we'd look through some fan mail, and, of course, there'd be some really kind of hot snapshots in there. Well, you know, Len, I'm <laughs> sure, <laughs> so we I'm sure you have some good hours. stories. We're going to go to Ken Mills with the Kiss News of the Day, and we're going to come back and talk to photographer Len D'Alessio. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio. Come on, dude, let's break it. Five. Four. 
We have ignition. On this day in history, brought to you by the podcast in the Kiss Room. Now print it with real Kiss blood. May 9th on this day in history. May 9th, 1974, Kiss plays live in concert at Parsippany, New Jersey during their debut album tour. The live footage shown in the Hotter Than Hell television commercial is from this show. The lighted Kiss logo is not above the band, but instead it's set up on the floor besides Gene's portion of the stage. May 9th, 1975. KISS, the James Gang and Rush perform in Ada, Ohio at Northern Ohio University during the Dress to Kill tour. May 9th, 1986, Eric Carr meets with Bruce Kulick at a restaurant while discussing Eric Carr's project, The Rockheads. May 9th, Fraley's Comets is interviewed on the Rockbox television program. May 9th, 1990, it's hot in the shade as KISS plays the Kansas Coliseum in Wichita, Kansas. May 9th, 1992, Peter Chris's band Chris plays at Montreal, Canada, and the Kiss Revenge Club Tour makes a stop in New York City at the Ritz. May 9th, 2000, Kiss bids a rocking farewell to the crowd in Toledo, Ohio during the farewell tour. May 9th, 2008, KISS kicks off the European leg of their Alive 35 tour at Oberhausen Arena in Oberhausen, Germany. May 9th, 2010, KISS plays in Glasgow, UK as the Sonic Boom tour continues. May 9th, 2011, Paul Stanley appears in studio on KTLA's morning show to discuss his involvement with the House Research Institute and its upcoming Sound Rules, a sound and hearing celebration. And that was This Day in History, brought to you by the Podkist and the Kiss Room. We still play with our Kiss color form sets. Hey, you're not allowed to smoke in the Kiss Room. You wanted the best and you got it! The hottest band in the land, Kiss! Kiss Army, we're back for our second hour of the Kiss Room. It's two o'clock here on Monco Radio, where music reminds me. I'm here with the guys from Alive 75, Anthony Delucia, Anthony Russo, Joe Gillies, Gillies. I said that wrong, probably right there. I got that right. Mike Delucia. Of course, we just talked with J.R. Smalling, and joining us at the mic right now, photographer Len D'Alessio. Len, how are you? Welcome to the Kiss Room. Thanks for having me. So the shutter thug. The shutter you thug. Know, like JR gave, gave me that uh, nickname. I'm, I'm hanging on to that, man. It was fun going around as we were going the, for through the first hour. You were snapping pictures, and I just I think that's fantastic. Here you are taking you know, all the people that you've snapped shots of. Like, I looked at your website, obviously, and anybody wants to go to Delesio.com, the vintage folders, it's rock royalty. It's I mean, some of it, anyway. <laughs> now he's photobombing over in the back. Yeah. When you think about, obviously, again, the same as I asked, asked JR, a lot of the people that listen to Monaco Radio are students. You've been a photographer for professionally for a very long time. What advice do you give a student in the year 2015 about becoming a photographer? 
Well, I actually, part of my uh, living is giving advice to students. I've been teaching at the School of Visual Arts for 30 years. And um, I get asked a lot about, uh, well, how do I get into doing what you do or what you did? And I said, just don't ever accept no right. for an answer right. and be nice. How do you end up on December 1st, 1971 in the 1 5th Avenue Hotel with Alice Cooper and his band? All right. Well, that's a school, that's a school <laughs> story. I was a sophomore at the School of Visual Arts. and We had a um, photojournalism course. And the, uh, for the second part of the... Uh, for the course for spring, we were we were asked in December, uh, actually in, in um, probably be around the Thanksgiving break, to uh, pick a subject to spend the whole next of the uh, full semester on the spring semester. And I said, well, like Jr. He played drums. I played guitar in a band. I don't know anybody who's in the business who didn't play something or some, you know, it, all, it brought us all in, in into it. And uh, I was taking pictures at the, the Fillmore. I was at the Fillmore every weekend. And uh, I said, well, look, I take pictures of bands. And he said, well, bring them in. I'll, let me see what they look like. And he goes, well, these are really nice, but anybody with a ticket and a good seat could, you know, and their camera could take these pictures. So he said, you got to get backstage. Right. So uh, I had tickets to see Alice Cooper the following week. I look at the album cover. And I go, um, all right, Warner Brothers Records. I call up, I get the phone number for Warner Brothers Records. And I, being a kid, was uh, 20. And uh, I, just did, I just did on one hand, I did that. Um, so what I did was I called them up and they connected me with the publicity department. And I said, hi, I'm Len Delessio. I'm a student at the School of Visual Arts and my teacher wants me to take pictures backstage. How naive... Could you possibly be? <laughs> and they said, well, we're really sorry, but we can't help you. Uh, I went back to the album cover. And, I, and now you have to understand, I was really shy at that point in my life. I was practically invisible. That's how shy I was. And it took everything. I didn't even drink. I didn't even have like a shot before I did these phone calls. And I said, I got to do this. And this is part of that encouragement that I give young people is, did you want to do something? Just do it. So I look at the album cover, and there's the management company. So I find the phone number for the management company. I say the same thing to the woman who answers. And she goes, well, I really can't help you, but I'm going to give you the gentleman who is their manager. His name is Shep Gordon. So Shep Gordon gets on the phone, and I tell him the same story. And he must have thought I was like this really nice innocent kid who was not going to make any trouble. And he said, well... You can't go backstage after the show. So, you know, my heart just like fell to the ground. And he said, but the reason you can't go backstage is they're not going to be there. They'll be at the hotel. But you can go to the hotel. And I wow. go, okay, there must have been silence on the end. <laughs> You're right. I don't remember how long I paused. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, give me your name and, and um, I'll put your name at the desk. So after the show, I had my girlfriend with me who ended up many years later, we're still married. And I'll tell you a story about her another time. <laughs> and um, she was the beautiful girl who knew all the rock stars that I always wanted to meet. Uh, she was hanging out in the village, uh, NYU student hanging out in the village with James Taylor and the Love and Spoonful and all these people. So, so Len, Len, yeah. she's not invisible. 
<laughs> she is she's definitely not invisible. I was invisible. She was not invisible at the time. So anyway, uh, so we walk down to 15th Avenue Hotel from the Academy of Music on 14th Street, go to the front desk, and give my name and expect to be told, who are you? Right. And they made a phone call, and they said, you can go up. So I knock on the door. Alice Cooper opens the door, says, come on in. <laughs> wow. What would you like to do? I owned one camera. I had one lens and this tiny little flash that I could point at the ceiling. That was my, all of my equipment. Okay, so that's, all I, that's, that's what I had with me. So he said, come on, let's go in the bedroom. And he's posing on the bed, and then we did this stuff in the chair, took a couple of pictures of the rest of the guys in the room. And then they decide, Neil Smith, the drummer, and Alice decide they're setting up this shot, the American rock gothic. And they mm-hmm. grabbed this baby that was in the room <laughs> from this woman who was just happened to have this one-year-old kid in the room. And they're sitting on a chair, and Neil's got a switchblade knife, and Alice is holding the baby like this. And that was the new American rock gothic. <laughs> well, to this day, every once in a while, I mean, I'm actually still friends with Dennis Dunaway and Neil Smith, uh, and also Michael Bruce. Alice and I are acquaintances. We, I run into him once in a while where the first thing we say is, do you know who the baby is? Now, that's 1941. The baby's 1971. The baby's 44 years old. Wow. So, or, or yeah. Wow. Ni- it's 19, uh, in, uh, 20, 2015. The baby's uh, got to be 44 years old now. So now so you, you need to restage that, that shot. Find that baby in Alice Cooper. Yeah, and sit the <laughs> baby on be, Alice's right. lap. And, you know, yeah, that, nobody, that's got to happen. Nobody knows who the baby is. Anyway, <laughs> I, I took that. I took the photographs that I, I did then. And um, I made a career out of it. And your work has made it all the way into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And obviously, it was on the cover of the new uh, Nothing to Lose, the book. That's yeah. how KISS fans will recognize it. And obviously, if they go into I think it's vintage uh, file number two on your website, tons of early KISS pictures, very, very early on. Talk about that. I mean, obviously, you had you were up on the stage. A lot of those photos, you're up on the stage. Talk about that. And what was it like back then with KISS? Well, it's... I was there with JR, and um, I wasn't there at every show that they did, and I didn't do a lot of traveling. I did mostly the Long Island, New Jersey, and uh, we did do one trip. Uh, I met them out in Pittsburgh mm. at the Stanley Theater, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was really kind of fun. But I, I, most of the time, I did have all access. Um, there was that family feeling that he's talking about where everybody just felt like they all belonged together. It was a really, a really special time. Um, I can definitely uh, attest and testify that those uh, flame columns are hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was warned. They were really careful. Uh, don't get, you know, this song, you know, they go off at the song because I knew when everything was supposed to happen. Don't be that close. <laughs> be- and I was ready because the f- flame shoots up. And my glasses fog, the lens fogs. <laughs> you feel like you're in it on a tanning bed, and uh, and then the flame goes away, and everything's fine. Well, then they said, and we want bigger and louder, <laughs> bigger and louder, bigger and louder. Bigger is better. Man. Wanted, wanted bigger and louder. And anyway, I didn't want to interrupt Jr. when he was uh, when he was speaking, but uh, speaking about that Pittsburgh trip. Um, at one point in the hotel room, and and we're talking about at a point where they didn't have any money. Right. They really didn't have any money. The promoter at that point was supposed to have limousines, and what he did was he owned a Rolls Royce, and he drove right. the the band around in his Rolls Royce, which 
It's kind of a nice car, but he probably rented it out for weddings when he wasn't <laughs> driving, <laughs> driving the band around. Uh, the food was not so great. But to jump back to that, uh, the hotel room story, um, I get a knock on my door. They, I was honored. I had my own room. The other guys had to share, share rooms. And there's Jean and a girl, and her pants are down, and there's a KISS logo tattooed on her ass. There you go. There you <laughs> go. So I said, okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> so, he, yeah, so he was pretty proud, proud of all his, uh, his uh, accomplishments. Now the baby is 44. How old is that? Well, that woman's probably a grandma now. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, grand, I'm grandpa, too. So, so yeah. It's a good thing. Now, know. do you have a photo of that? Of, 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 the, of the, the grandmother? No, I don't. We don't know who he is. We don't know who she is. We've got all kinds of theories that they were, they were this person's roadie's wife. Or nobody, mm. nobody, nobody knows who they are. So, anyway, we're out, we're out in Pittsburgh, and the food backstage was horrible. Ace, to his credit, was rehearsing, and, and right, J.R., mm. Ace... Really knew his parts. He really worked hard at it. Um, I didn't know where Peter or or or, um, or Paul were, but uh, Gene was the man. He wanted to control everything. He wanted to. He wanted me to see what he wanted me to see. Wanted me to know what he wanted me to know. And I have a lot of respect for him for that. I think that he is the person who's responsible for a lot of their their success, especially early on, uh, and 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 even continuing. Um, he says to me, come on, I'm hungry. Let's go get something to eat. So at the time, and this is also one of the reasons why a lot of females, especially, wanted to be with them after the show, is to see what they would look like without their makeup. Right, right. right. I was strictly told, you can't take your camera out of the bag until they're fully made up. So I never got any of that shot. That was like, they slacked off on that later on. Um, but that was after my time. So uh, Gene and I walk out of the front door of the Stanley Theater, and there's a big crowd of fans out there, and they just saw two guys walk out. Right. So there's two guys with long hair, one really tall and one really short. <laughs> and um, we go down the, the, to the corner, and we are, we're eating cheeseburger deluxes. And at some point, one of the kids that was in the room in the restaurant says, that's them. <laughs> and they point at Gene and, and, and say, you're one of the guys from KISS. And he said, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm Gene Simmons. And another kid takes out a point-and-shoot camera and takes a picture. And he very nicely asked for it, and he, the kid gave him the camera. And wow. uh, I mean, he wasn't mm. mean about it, wasn't nasty about it, very nicely asked for it, and the kid gave the camera up. And then they turned to me and they said, you're Peter. <laughs> I guess they figured that the short Italian guy with the long hair had to be Peter. But I said, no, I'm not Peter. Like, yeah, but you can take my picture. But you're right. But, you should pretend they, like you're a big guy, you bastards. And they, and they didn't take my picture. If they had your picture, then it would have been printed somewhere, and then everyone would have right. thought it really they, was you. Right. So, it's, uh... so anyway, I, I just, I, I just happened, to, I happened to talk to Peter for a couple of minutes uh, a couple of days ago, and I, I, I said to him the same thing I said to JR a couple of years ago when I met him at the, ran into him at the Kiss Expo, it was every 40-something years we ought to get together. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, you know, when you think about those kind of things, now you're on the road with these bands, the list that you've, that you've photographed, I mean, everybody, like I said, Alice Cooper and Shaka Khan and Edgar Winter and Foreigner and Leonard Skinner and Eric Clapton, The Who, of course, Kiss, I mean, the list goes on and on. 
you got to have some pretty wild stories. I, you know what? I, I, I'd love to tell you that a lot of crazy stuff happened, but it's really a lot of these guys were really serious about what they were doing, and they really wanted it was a, it was work. It was their business. It was their their career. They wanted to go, they wanted to play, and they wanted to get their money. Right. And they wanted to go home. And there are bands that are notorious for that kind of stuff uh, to get their um, uh, things happening. So I've, I've got one for you. Go ahead. Um, and this is something that happened the first time Len came to see a Live 75, and we should probably talk sooner this is Michael later about how, uh, how, how you hooked up with the band and so forth. But um, the, 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 the question came as Len came to take pictures of a Live 75 for us. We're so grateful for that. How did you get the iconic pictures that you got of Kiss? The one that comes to mind is the picture of Peter that we recreated where Peter is reaching between the drum set with his, with his stick, pointing right at the camera. And, and I asked that question. I'm like, Len, these pictures are, are, are brilliant, iconic. How could you get such a shot? And his answer to that, you've you got to tell it. But was... All right, well, it, I'd like to say that it, it's some magical piece of equipment, <laughs> <laughs> some divine power. Um, at the Beacon Theater that day, in the entire theater, there were the four guys from the band, J.R. Smalling and the rest of the crew, Carol Ross, Carol, yeah. hmm. my, oh, she was my wife at the time, my wife, and Sean me. Delaney. Yeah, there was, a, there was maybe about 15 people yeah. in the whole theater. Yeah. Wow. So in order to get a picture of Peter Chris pointing the drumstick in exactly the right direction... I was literally standing in front of him on the stage. <laughs> so I, I'd love to say it was some magical thing. I'm standing in front of him, in front of the stage. All I had to do was make sure to press the right button on the camera. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, and that your advice from JR was you got pictures that looked like somebody in the crowd could have got them. Now, think about it today. Everybody in the crowd has a high-def camera in their pocket <laughs> Bobby's posting about 10 pictures a minute here. You know, it's like, and, and I think in a way that's the thing is like you mentioned that backstage as, aspect of it, finding something that isn't seen. Yeah. Now everything is, it's recorded and it's up on Facebook. I have pictures of all the Live 75 without their makeup already. So oh, the gimmick oh, is gone. Oh, you know, it's just, oh. you know, it's really. We're going to have to get off the camera. Because, right. <laughs> my phone is gone, but the, uh, the JR is coming across the table at me. But the, uh, you know, when you think about that, that's even the kiss gimmick. Now, the fact that as you tell that story that Gene asked for the camera and the fan gave it to him. Now, that would be on Instagram the minute he snapped it, and the gimmick would <laughs> be the, over. It wouldn't matter whether the kid got right. the camera or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really, I think that's one of the things even, you know, we talk a lot about. I mean, obviously, JR's book focuses on the 70s and the magic of the 70s. And a lot of that, what you're describing, I feel like that is what's really the magic of the early kiss was there was this mystery and people supported it. As a photographer, you respected that. They said, don't bring your camera out. You could have tried to get a picture. I, I, but, but why, but why, why should would I? you? Right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a major reason why, because I respected these guys. They were very, very real. They weren't the celebrities that you read the stories about now. They were these guys in a band who had this really great thing happening, and they were really into it. And I was treated well. I, I never got paid for any of the work I did, <laughs> because the, there was no money back then. Right. It was before the money had arrived, but... They were really nice to me. I don't know. It's fantastic. You know what? You're, you're talking about back in the 70s and how things are changing. We're, we're doing a radio show, and there's pictures of it online. So, right. Absolutely. So ra radio was once, there used to be a phrase, oh, you have a face for radio. <laughs> but um, 
Well, even with the fact that radio is mean, a visual thing. Now. That's, I think, one of the things that's so amazing is the fact that obviously with technology, I mean, we're literally worldwide right now. I mean, I mean, think about regional. Like when we were kids, you know, you had the right being in Philadelphia area, you had your Philly rock stations. Now, well, if you had fifty thousand watts, man, you were big right. time. Yep. And, you know, that's the thing we talked about. Should we do an FM transmitter for Monco Radio? And like, yeah, I could go maybe five miles down the street. Yeah, Mikhail's listening in Sweden, I think, right now. It's like, I think Aunt Justin posted it's 3 a.m. in Australia. We're, you know, it's oh, Justin, work. hey, Justin. We're in the middle of the man? night, you know. Australia! Just go get some sleep, man. You gotta go to work tomorrow. Who did you I love say that. in Sweden? Mikhail Burel, he's in Sweden, posted a picture. We got people oh, okay. all over the planet. I mean, they're all checking in. I haven't really been looking up at the Facebook because we got so many people to talk yeah, we to. Got, but the, we got uh, Facebook up on a monitor, man. We're looking at we're yeah. looking at what you guys post. You know, I just, it's fun. I just added the hashtag unmasked in our The rumpa. They delete the rumpas in Sweden. This is a whole new definition of the watching you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we think about that, obviously one of the things, and we talked about this a little bit before you came on, as a photographer in the year 2015, how do you protect your work? Everybody is a right click away from just taking everything you post. And once it's on the web, it becomes kind of the world's – you can't get it back. No, you can't get it back. What do you do? Uh, it's, it's, part of, it's part of the nature of technology. If I'm going to enjoy the convenience and control of digital imaging, you also have – and also being able to promote on uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram. If someone's looking for me – uh, on Facebook, please go to Len D'Alessio Photo. You can find me on Instagram with my name, just Len D'Alessio. Uh, while I'm on Instagram and while I'm on Facebook, when I see people posting my pictures or reposting them from some other source, um, I'm a realist. I understand the, t the, the business. I understand the technology. And I also understand that KISS fans are the best fans in the world. Amen. So when I see something like that, I click like and I go... Thank you for posting this. <laughs> and I tell them, and I tell them, it's my photograph, and here's where I took it, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And thanks for posting it. Kiss fans are the best. Right. That's fantastic. I mean, that's really one of the things we talk about that a lot is that you actually have the ability now as a fan to connect with somebody like you or like JR right on the internet. Like when you opened up the original Kiss Crew Facebook, everybody's like, oh my God, I can like actually send a message to JR and hear all these stories. And then when the book comes out, you know, there's that's that kind of interaction that I think as a kid, you know, you would never ever even imagine that like, you know, Paul Stanley could retweet my post or something or Gene would reply to mm -hmm. my tweet. What's the name of the rock bottom intro? And Gene replies, George. And we how we call it that now. It's just, it's a great joke, but the, uh, you know, so all those things, it's really fantastic. So thinking of all the photo sessions that you've done, does one stand out in your mind as, wow, this was like just an amazing time? It was actually the Beacon, the Beacon Theater photo session. I was, we were having a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble with the, the theater's stage crew. They were extremely uncooperative. If you look at the photographs, in fact, if you're probably on the cover of Nothing to Lose, mm -hmm. you could actually see some of the lights are out. Uh, and, and, and JR is trying to get them to turn the lights on. That photo shoot was originally supposed to be the album cover for Kiss Alive. Wow. And the reason that it didn't make the album cover for Kiss Alive is there just wasn't enough light. Mm. So that ended up being recreated by Finn Costello, a great photographer. Right. They ended up recreating that. But in that case, that wasn't a show either. It was also a staged uh, a, right. a photo session, yeah. but that was a for me. That was a, a, a really great thing. Of course, the uh, the Alice Cooper thing. But I, I you know I've been to a, a, a been fortunate enough to have been in in quite a few interesting places. 
I'd, I'd love to tell you some juicy stories, but a lot of them are just like really nice hanging out with the guys from Foreigner while they were doing uh, uh, rehearsing before they, re they did their first album. It just so happened my first studio was at uh, 1790 Broadway. On the top floor of that building in the penthouse was Phantom Records. One of the partners in Phantom Records is a gentleman named Mick Jones. Mm -hmm. And Mick Jones is putting a band together. And there's a uh, famous A&R guy, John Kolodner. You know John. Sure. Uh, John Kolodner uh, contacted me and he said, Len, you got to go. It's right upstairs for you, man. Go check this band out. So I went upstairs, checked them out. And they bring me into this room. They were rehearsing in, the, in their offices and they're doing this song called Feels Like the First Time. And I go, wow, that's a catchy tune. <laughs> Sounds like a hit. That's pretty. That's pretty. Pretty catchy tune. And uh, and then they they ended up in. Um, we did a photo session, which ended up being the album cover. But the album cover was painted by a painter. Hmm. But he did it with from my photograph. So you'll see. Actually, if you go to my website, you'll see some of those photographs of the original members of uh, Foreigner. And I hung out in the in the recording studio uh, with them, took pictures, and they said, just go hang out with the band. As it turns out. Um, I'm still friends with Lou Graham. And, you know, some of the people that I worked with back then, I reunited with many, many years later. And, uh, uh, you know, we have nice nice friendships. Because, you know, like I said, it's it, it, I, I didn't come into contact with the throwing a TV out the hotel room window kind of people. Right. Are you having lived, man? Yeah, no, I, I'm fine. No, I'm fine, man. I'm, I'm fine just the way I am. I don't need it. Well, tell you what, we're rolling into, like, me out the, into the last half hour of the show, but one question before we go into that break. Now, how do you guys connect with Alive 75? We're going to tie this whole thing together. It's like a Kiss Expo right here in the there Kiss Room. Oh, how do you connect with JR and Len Anthony, do you want to tell that story, or were you the one who made these connections? Yeah, I can, I can be a little relentless uh, with some of this <laughs> no. stuff. Yeah. But, no. you know, that's, I think that's one of the emerging themes, though. As JR said, we did anything to do the show. Len that's says, right. just do it. Don't be afraid. Get in there that's with right. your camera. Absolutely. So um, Len came first um, at the KISS Expo last year. Um, we actually went to the KISS Expo on a whim because Bill Baker great guy, some of mm -hmm. you folks out there Fantastic, know the name, sure. right? told us we had to be there. And I'm like, all right, tell me about this expo. What am I missing? Because right? I, I, I've not been in that side of the, of the line, if you will. Um, so sure, I tell the guys, we got to go there. We got to go. We got to talk to people. We got to see what's going on, right? So the four of us went there on a last minute thing, and we started talking to people and, and getting a really great vibe. And I think it was Joe who met Len. Yeah, Joe first, came up to me. Right? So what was that? I mean, that was... Yeah, Joe came up to me, and he, he, he hands me a business card. Says a live seventy five, and my first impression is nice card. <laughs> and he's telling, and, and he's telling me, well, you know, I I'm I'm the drummer in this, and I look up, like about two feet up in the air, and I go, uh, I don't know if you could be. I know Peter's about two inches taller than me, so I don't know how that worked, but um, it sounded great. John Joe's a great guy. It sounded great. It's so really kind of, cool. It kind of stopped there. And uh, Joe circles back because we were all working the room where the, the expo was in like three or four different rooms. There was a lot of people. And Joe comes back. He's, Len D'Alessio's here. And I, I, I said, really? Where? You know, that, that's the guy with the pictures, right? right. You know, this is new <laughs> yeah, to me. <laughs> so I go hunt him down. And, and I see Len's got a great spread in the corner. He's got all the pictures up that we've been looking at. And, uh, I says, I, I, and he's there working the table. I'd never met Len. So I approach him. I say, forgive my ignorance, but his... Len D'Alessio here. <laughs> so I looked, around, I looked around and I said, yeah, I mean, it's me. She said, no, I'm Peter Chris." <laughs> <laughs> 
said, obviously, you were expecting someone taller. <laughs> That's how I got these great low angle shots of, of bands. The tall guys have to like crouch down. <laughs> so we start talking about it, and I think I got Len a little bit more interested. Uh, and I, I basically said, you know, and I'm totally honest, I said, Len, these pictures. I said, this is what we're trying to create. I said, everything right here, and I'm, I'm being very animated, and I'm pointing to his shots, I'm like, this shot, that shot, that, you know, we're, this is what we want to do with a Live 75, you know. It's, it's a great album, it's a great time, we're, we're so into it, and we're trying to bring this to life. And then I take a risk, and I say, how great would it be for you, the guy who took these pictures, to recreate this with us? And I'm thinking I'm gonna get slapped. <laughs> and Len says, Len says, you know what? You know, I'm, you, what you're talking about? You know, I guess I did a little bit of better job selling the show than Joe did. Well, wait, <laughs> I, got, I got to jump in here. In my defense, now Len mentioned that before. He said I met Joe first, but Anthony, he wasn't you. <laughs> I'm like, now this came. I had been involved with the band. I don't know, two, three weeks. I was already chastised once for saying something on Facebook oh, that did it. not get Gene's approval. <laughs> like, so I certainly wasn't going to go and start, you know, blabbing about oh, the show. I got to leave that to the boss. Joe, Joe has been a very good team player. <laughs> so anyway, so so I, I threw this out to, to Len, and uh, you know, Len showed some interest. I, I really said, no, I, I, wait, wait. I, I more than showed interest. I said, this guy's really serious. <laughs> I said, you know what? I never got paid from Kiss, so what's the difference? Let me let me go back. Maybe maybe it'll be just like just get that memory thing back, and like you, they tell you you can't go home anymore. All right, I'm gonna go home, and I'm gonna go take pictures of Kiss. Well, I was, in 1975. I, I pushed him off. I said, no, I, no, seriously, I don't think that I, we we couldn't afford you. We, we, we just, I, this is like a fantasy thing for me, right? I was just kind of joking, and he said, no, no, I, I like what you're trying to do. We should talk. And he gave me his personal number. He said, call me next week and let's talk about it. Fast forward, our opening night, Len is there. And Len's taking a bunch of shots. He's with us in the dressing room. He's telling us stories. I mean, it's, you asked me before about what it was like. that first, And I wasn't prepared for the question. But, I mean, that was one of the moments. We were blown away. Len is here, right? And we took a bunch of stuff on stage before the theater filled up. And then he shot the entire show. Um, and it's just been fantastic. He's been a great friend and a great supporter since then. In fact, tonight we're going to see Len's band play. Well, well, well I'll, 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 I'll tell you how, how much that first night reminded me of working with Kiss. Because I went the a day before, a couple of days before, to drop off some prints that they, they did a whole Right, we were a, setting up the photo experience, montage. Like a 70s experience. Yeah. It was really a really interesting thing. And I spoke to the lighting director and I said... You know, we need this and we need that. And he assured me, oh, we're going to do these par cans and we're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing that. And I said to them, I said, let's set up these shots before the show just in case. Right. And what happens during the show? No lights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were lights on, but the second night they fixed it. They, yeah, there was a lot better the second night. Yeah, the first night the guys, they let, totally let us down with the lights. But that's... The way but, so we connected with Len. Len was there the first night of the show. He did a great job. It was great having him there. And, and like I said, we've stayed we've stayed in contact. And uh, Len will be at some future shows. And uh, he's just been it's been a great opportunity for us to talk to somebody who was there to hear about some of those stories and get some of that feedback and some of that you know you should think about this or this is how it was. Um, and it's just been it's just been magical for us. Well, you know what I really liked about these guys is they wanted to get it 
as close to real as possible. The candelabra that's standing in front of his amplifiers is an is a nearly exact if you couldn't actually have the real one next to it to duplicate it. But I gave him photographs. Wow. In order for him to bring it to an iron maker, iron worker, who then recreated the candelabra. You know, it's funny. I think Nigel posted a, a picture in the Kiss Room Facebook the other day and said he's surprised Kiss never, you know, sold their ath- authentic candelabra for ah, your own Kiss candelabra. Room. You know, and, he, and the one guy replies, just go to any, like, Christian store or whatever. You can buy one. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that easy. We scoured the Internet. We talked to a bunch of people. I couldn't find anything that looked close. And when I asked him, I said, do you have a good picture? Because I'll have one made. He gave me a dead-on picture, I mean, and it was right in front of the SVT. So we were able to estimate measurements, height, angles. I had the protractor on the photograph. Nice. And then I went to a local artisan iron worker, and the guy did a phenomenal job. Now, the show, I think it was in Stroudsburg? Our first show was in Newton, and then Stroudsburg. And And JR did the intro, right? That's where we connected. Now, that had to be a thrill. Oh, Oh, my gosh. gosh. (laughs) Is this the only other... Kiss band that you've ever had done the intro, or have you done that before? Up until that point, this was the first. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Oh, wait, See, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This, this was the first, uh, and it was great. I got to say, I mean, these guys, walking out on that stage during soundcheck was like stepping back in time. It was really an exact duplicate of the stages that I worked on. The gear was an exactly, you know, <laughs> the bass amp was exactly the same distance from the drum riser as it was back then. You know, I mean, everything was perfect. So it was really a, a good bit of nostalgia for me, you know. But <clears throat> when I when, when Anthony contacted me and, uh, you know, I went online, checked out some of their stuff, I said, this is great stuff, you know. And he asked me what I'd be interested in doing. And I said, sure, you know, why not? You know, this is... This is a this is a good thing, you know. It, it kind of warms the heart a little bit, you know. Right. <laughs> so uh, and it's a thrill for the fans. Obviously, well, any yeah, Kiss fan I, I that mean, shows I, up, I dug it. And listen, you know, it brings out the ham in me too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're yeah. strung into action. Yeah, I mean, that, my my wife is getting a little right. tired of me stepping into the bedroom and saying, <laughs> "You wanted the." Bed- <laughs> You know, so. Not again, honey. Yeah, you know. Can you do well, that somewhere else, better. please? <laughs> Wait, no, Anthony Russo touched on uh, touched on something as well. Anthony pointed out our, our spaceman said, you know, Jr. had to jump into action that night, so he did the intro. We had a little mishap with the curtain. We talked oh, about right. the curtains and the mic placement beforehand, but right. something got screwed up. Right. Curtains open. Takes the mic stand down. Jr. All of a sudden, boom! He's back in road manager <laughs> mode. He's setting mic stands up. So we, we got the whole package. That was that was fun, actually. That, that was, it was fun. And it was instant. Wait, so Matt, how does how does Jr. and Alive seventy five get connected? Oh, what's the connection? I I, I chased Jr. down as I've been known to do. Uh, Jr. was phenomenal. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to well, rewind, go rewind a second. Okay, why? I, I, I call Anthony. And oh, I, yes. And I, go, I was going to say, it has to be Len. And I go, and I go you know, Jay and I, Smalling and I knew each other back then, but, you know, we lost touch for like so many years, and then I ran into him at a Kiss Expo. He's such a good guy, yes. and he's got a book out. Right. Maybe he's interested in promoting his yes. book. And he, he give him a call. You talk about the confidence to make the call, right? Because now, now, um, you know, 
we're talking to Kiss royalty in terms Absolutely. of alive, right? This is the voice of the album. <laughs> this is what we're trying to do. And so I'm Len, Len you, you short? Should I reach out to him? Is it, you know, he's like, he's a really nice guy. Just, just, you can really probably nice find guy. him on Facebook. He's a great guy. So I did. I poked him a couple times, sent him instant messages, and he responded. We exchanged numbers. We had a quick phone call at first. I, you know, basically, I know you have a book, and this is what we do. And if you can see your way to kind of join us, you know, we can talk about the book. We can do the show. Maybe we can work in like a QA kind of panel discussion thing. Because what we've been trying to do from the beginning is create a bigger experience than just uh, do a concert. We try to get more stuff right. going on for people who are coming to see it. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we had subsequently four or five conversations, each one getting more rich and more long and more ideas flowing and feeling each other out and, and feeling really good about working together. And, and I think at some point I said, I said, JR, we're trying to do 1975 and, and guys who are coming and gals who are coming to that show they gotta want to see what's in that book, and vice versa, right? This is a this is a great. It's a diehard right? group, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so what we got though was more than we could have ever expected. I mean, Jr. didn't need to be there early. He didn't need to stay late. He didn't need to do all the extra stuff. He wanted to be at the sound check and be a part of that, which was phenomenal. He worked the room while we're on stage. He's pushing the sound guy. He's pushing the light guy. We need more of this. We need more of that. What are you guys doing here? It was just like back then. He. Uh, he hung out. He everybody we spoke to who came in contact with Jr. had nothing but nice things to say. He's so gracious. He's so humble. He's a fantastic guy. He I fooled them too. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. He, he went to dinner with a bunch of people who were at the show. I mean, how great is that? Right? They, 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 these people left with firsthand stories, and then and this is Joe's bad influence, right? That's Joe. Joe, I think, is in the band for the party. Mm. <laughs> we that's, do a that's show. True. That's called rock and roll. There you go. <laughs> Both of our shows that we've done have had after parties that have gone until the sun comes up. And if you want to hang out with the band, we're there. And Joe's the band influence. <laughs> JR, we kept them up, I think, until about 4 or 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> and he's telling us the stories, and he's giving us feedback. And it's not all, you guys were great. I mean, you guys need to work on this. You guys need to think about that. You need to, when you do the lighting, it has to be this way. We're making notes. We're, you know, mental. We're talking afterward. All of it, we want it. We want to use it. But again, just back to, 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 to JR's contribution, it's just been phenomenal for us to hear not read about what somebody thought was going on, but this is how it was. That's what it this was, is what right? You should look at, and this is what's important, and, and it's just been great. So, just the way you know, having Len um, hanging out with us has been great. Now Jr's hanging out with us is great, and we're continuing to try to build and get more folks involved. And as we do more shows, just keep adding people and adding elements to it to, to make it a big deal. Anthony, I hate to interrupt, but Cat Mara said oh, that. She's making the Kiss Room bikini next week. <laughs> no, all right. Hey, Kat, man. All right. Kathy, Kathy, we're, looking, <laughs> we're looking forward to that. We're looking at you on Facebook, and she posted she's listening poolside. So I say she is the winner, winner, just chicken dinner. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. yeah. looking good. She's looking good. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. Kat Mara needs to go to the Alive 75 Facebook page and send us a private message. If you'll give us your address, we'll send you a T-shirt to cover now before we get hey, any Pat. further i want to ask you a question now i know you, you've done kathy's show before i heard you on kathy's show sure did. so and she says j.i j.i yeah. boston the um one thing i want to talk about and 
yesterday, if you listened to the episode of The Kiss Room, you heard us talk with Rich and Andrew from Mr. Speed, and they are going to be part of the event in Cadillac, Michigan that's coming up, celebrating the anniversary of not just their Viking football, but also of Kiss's appearance in Cadillac. Right. And Coach Neff actually sent me a message that says, um, as they noted yesterday, there will be a Kiss monument being built, and he says, this is a huge effort by our small town. The monument will be black granite on its base of eight feet tall, five feet wide, two-sided. The granite comes from overseas, and there's going to be laser artwork by wow. a company in Michigan. He says it's the, um, the pictures will be on there, and it's going to be the only Kiss monument that they know of. So he is asking, obviously, this is going to be a huge undertaking for a small group, and they're hoping that, that KISS fans will join in for, with some crowdfunding for it or fan funding or GoFundMe and all that. <laughs> so if you go to KISSCadillac.com, all the information is going to be there, how you can donate. And he says, every donation, big or small, is important. This is a chance for KISS fans to be part of something special. Talk about being in Cadillac. That had to be an amazing time. Cadillac was uh, Cadillac was the gig that really confirmed that the, that the band had arrived. You know, um, to have an entire town, regardless of the size, but to have an entire town turn out a parade for these four clowns in makeup and leather. <laughs> you know, I mean, the mayor and the city council and the principal of the high school and everyone in makeup and just really enjoying what was going on. It, w it was a wonderful thing. It really proved that the group had arrived. That's fantastic. And uh, Jim Neff, Gary Nassif, those guys were aces. Uh, Jim, if you're listening, man, uh, I would love to hook up with you at some point in time. Sorry I can't be there this year, but uh, tell those guys in Mr. Speed to do the, do the right job, man. Do a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be fun. So everybody go to KissCadillac.com. has all the info for their event in October. I think that'll be a lot of fun as far as KISS fans from probably all over the planet will show up to that. So uh, and, and really, like they said, they're looking for people maybe to throw in a couple dollars. Always a good thing. So that's good fun. And wow, we got about you know a couple minutes left. If we want, we're going to open up the phone lines, 215-619-7366. If you have a question for JR or Len or the guys from Alive 75, we also got Bobby and Chris and Dottie. And you're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet.
right, we're back here in the Kiss Room, and Ira Boston just posted the photo, and he says, we're going to make it a mission to find that baby in the Alice Cooper photo. So, <laughs> yeah, good luck, man. And Kat, yeah, we're all uh, we're enjoying your uh, photos by the poolside that in you know your bikini. It's nice. So, and on the phone we have Eric Tato Rock's car. What's happening, Eric Tato Rock's car? Hey, hey, it is. Uh, you wanted the best, you got the best. Not really. It's just EPRC <laughs> the Fox. There you go. The, uh, now, you're talking about, obviously, coming up this weekend is, or next weekend, really, because it's a Saturday today, is the Indianapolis Kiss Expo, right? You're going to be out there, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're not going to be selling anything this time around. They're doing a little something different out there in Indy, but uh, we're going to have an Eric, Eric moment. We're going to have Eric Carr meeting Eric Singer. So it should be a, a pretty classy photo that uh, will be posted in the Kiss Room next weekend. How do you like that? That's fantastic. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, that should be awesome. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, Keith and uh, Steve who actually put on the Indie Expo. They're doing a little something different this time. It's one of two expos that they will be having this year. So uh, this is going to be the smaller one uh, that's going to be going on out there. And then I think they said around September ish uh they'll be doing the big full blowout kiss expo vendors mm. out the yin yang if we can say say yin yang i think you can say room. yin yang well, i said if know, anybody if, curses in the kiss room i'm the one who has to yell at myself so well, those are the eighth know, and ninth words you know eileen uh said uh you know the more adult version of the backside yesterday so shout out to eileen for that you know she's awesome you know, and uh, but yeah, you know, we're going to go out there see uh, Eric Singer, and uh, you know they're going to have a couple other guests, and it's going to be a rip roaring time. Fantastic! And they can find out all about that on your website as well, right? Uh, on my website, on my Facebook, uh, you know, eprcthefox.com or Eric Tata Rock's car. Most of you know it anyways because you're there, you know, a million times anyway. So, <laughs> but fantastic. Uh, yeah. Awesome show today. Uh, everybody sounds great. I actually met uh, one or two of the uh, Kiss Alive people, yeah, Alive Eric, 75 people in uh, yeah. New Jersey at the last expo. Yeah, it's Anthony. We connected at the expo. Yeah, awesome what you guys are doing. You guys sound great, too. Look great. Keep it up. You know, we're all about the Kiss tribute bands. You know, we're all brothers in this little uh, realm of what we do. Uh, we support each other. We we never bash each other. That's that's my theory. Thank you. you. Appreciate Some it. Some people out there like to do that. I don't. I'm classy. <laughs> I'm for everybody <laughs> in the business. There are so, a couple of those. Yes, there are. I, I've had it done to me, and I don't like it. So I, I support. I don't. You know. I don't bash. I support. That's what it's all about. Excellent. And you guys got one of the best Paul Stanleys in the house, Chris G. Yeah. Well, Chris is in the house, so he doesn't have headphones on. He just missed that you said that. And Doc can't hear it either. She's Thank you. Eric Cole on the drums. <laughs> Thank Todd you. Todd Billy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just so you guys don't know, you haven't really been looking at the Facebook, but we've been having one heck of a party with Ken Mills, Eileen, Chris Ann, and everybody else in that, that little thread there. It's It's gone a little south of the border every now and then, but, you know. Hey, look, we're bringing, bringing people together, right. That's it. Cool. Well, have fun. Awesome. We want we want a full Indianapolis uh, Expo report the next time we talk to you, all right? 
Hopefully, uh, I can make it into the Kiss Room next month, cool. and we will give you a full, detailed report. Excellent. Thanks, pal. Rock on, I'll guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Now, before we wrap things up, JR, you have something you want to talk about with your book? I have something I want to talk about with the book. Yes. Never been done before. Only for Matt Porter in the Kiss Room. Woo! Uh, very happy to be here, and as a result... We're going to offer a 20% discount on orders of Out on the Streets, our book. Uh, if you're interested, www.theoriginalkisscrew, with a K, dot com. And um, you can order either signed book or unsigned book today and tomorrow only. And the coupon code for the 20% discount is The Kiss Room. Yeah. Look at that. Wow, I'm honored. All right, now look, people, if you're listening live, you heard it right there. You can get your book right now. And if you're listening on the download, hey, still, it's right now. All right? <laughs> now, who do we have on the line? Uh, this is Kat, and I'm looking for my free stuff from the last 75. Well, she's oh, she's right there. Jeez. Okay, now, <laughs> Kathy, we're, we're admiring you in your bikini. That is a, a nice shot. Yeah, so many fans, so little time, you know. Hey, Jay, how are you? I'm good, darling. How you doing? Miss your face. Same here. Same here. Tell Leon hi for me. I will. He's uh, he's inside. I'm at the pool. So. Cool. Shenanigans. Yeah. Shenanigans. Anyway, Matt, I just, yeah, shenanigans. Anyway, when win a chicken dinner, just want to say hey. <laughs> so, look, do you have a question for anybody? you got all these people here in the room. What kind of question do you have, Kathy? Uh, really? I've never heard her in a lot of words before. Wow. We really want you to come up here because uh, <laughs> Chef Keith brought us the best barbecue oh, ever. Yeah. Oh, like, ever. Because yeah, yeah, after the kiss Matt, I'm uh, thinking ahead and back home to Boston for a few days, so I might head up there. Oh, that'd be great. I heard to say Boston. You know. Boston. 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 I love Don't that accent. Had it, Dottie. How you doing? Hey, Dr- hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I She's got a question for you. Room. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Dot a question. Right. Dot, how are you? I'm only kidding. I don't have any questions. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for calling, Kathy. We All can't right. wait to see the Kiss Room bikini. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, that's what yeah, I want to see. Take a couple of weeks, but I'm going to start working on it next Friday. Nice. Love you, Kat. <laughs> see you, Kat. All right, bud. I'll talk to you later, Gia. Bye. Okay, now, Anthony, you had some shout-outs you want to give. We're Actually, wrapping up the show here. Yeah, I want to follow up on what... Uh, Todd was saying before in terms of uh, supporting. So there, there are two guys out there I just want to give a quick shout-out to. Um, Rich Kosak of Mr. Speed. First of all, so cool what you all are going to be doing at Cadillac. I mean, that is that is freaking awesome. Um, but Rich was one of the – he wasn't one up. He was the first guy I reached out to and talked to about the project I was putting together. And he hey. was super supportive. Um, he was a great – guy to talk to to learn from uh and i appreciated everything that he shared with me and and guido basili of dress to kill new jersey right here in our yeah, hometown yeah. another fantastic guy to talk to reached out to him we've been in contact now a handful of times he's a good guy um a, another willing to share willing to support um they did a great job with their spirit of 76 show um now guido is an excellent gene phenomenal. so you must have been able to get some good pointers from him absolutely and yeah the, and the third guy out there you had him on your show just a couple episodes ago um, Bob Bentley. Absolutely. Bob and I have had the longest conversations, uh, you know, probably a half a dozen times now over the past couple of months. I mean, phenomenal guy to talk to. And another guy willing to share. 
how do you do what you do? How do you get into it? What have you learned? And just, it's been great talking to these guys. So I really appreciate that they're out there. Fantastic. And who's on the line now? Somebody say something about Gene Simmons. Ah, it's, it's Gene Simmons, right? Or not Gene Simmons. Um, listen, I would like to say something to JR. JR, are you there? Uh, JR's here. Jay, what are you thinking? 20% off? <laughs> you don't make any money that way. I, I, I know, man. Gene's looking for his check again. I, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping, bro. But we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get the lawyers. We'll, we'll do a meeting. <laughs> now, good, look, man. before anybody, you know, thinks that it's really Gene, it's not Gene Simmons. <laughs> don't forget my 50%. <laughs> Ken, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hey, we're keeping things hopping on the Facebook page. JR, we love you. This is Ken from the uh, podcast in the Kiss Room. I, I hope you remember me, buddy. So that's fantastic. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, it's, if you, um, you've been on the podcast, you've been on Strange Ways, you've been yeah, on yeah. Decibel Geek, yeah. you've been on all kinds of shows, and now you're here in the Kiss Room, and we there got everybody go. here. It was fantastic. This is the only live really show. Cool. The only live show. It was really cool that he, he thanked us all in the book. We How really about appreciate it? that, sir. That's what I said. Hey, I said listen, I, we thank you guys, man. We appreciate you. you know? I said I hope it's really me, not some other Matt Porter. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Ken, this is Anthony, and no joke, uh, we, were talking, hey. we were talking about you and giving thanks on the drive up here because uh, you were one of the first um, opportunities for me to kind of get the word out to the masses. You and Craig Cohen had me on, and I thought that yes. was fantastic. We were brand new at that point, uh, and JNR and I were talking about uh, the work that you've done with, uh, with him as well in the past. It's just, just phenomenal. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, but no one throws a kiss room party like Matt Porter. Yeah! yeah. You know it. Hey, we have barbecue. <laughs> I, oh, that's a party. I, I just want to say that yesterday's show is now up on iTunes for everyone to listen to. Nice. The one you're listening to right now, unless you're listening to the replay, uh, I guess it would be on iTunes then anyway, right, Matt? <laughs> anyway, it's going to be up about an hour after we're done uh, recording this, right? So, look, everybody that wants to relive all the fun we had, it'll be up there. iTunes, <laughs> Podomatic, KissRoom.com, whatever you like. It's just, you know, and especially you got to listen right away so you can get That's that download right. code and get JR's book at a special rate. How fantastic is that? There so That is awesome. By the way, uh, we'd like to give a shout-out from the podcast in the Kiss Room to all the Kissettes out there. Kissettes. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking about Cat Mara's bikini. They're trying to... Uh, get me to design kiss room panties so <laughs> you know what imagine that it's like a you know the logo's like a circle it could be like a target hey it's a family there show here go. right here. Oh. <laughs> anyway happy kiss day everybody i'm gonna let you go thanks pal you're awesome man see you buddy all right bye okay now we're gonna go around i know bobby you have a gig coming up in october let's talk about that the date changed though i think you know tell us about that uh, day change from October 9th, 11th to October 24th, Saturday, uh, Havana's in New Hope, 9 p.m. with uh, Rock and Roll Over. So, look, we're giving you a lot of homework. One, you got the <laughs> code here to go download JR. You can get the JR's book cheaper just from the Kiss Room just this weekend. You got to mark your calendar for Bob's show. You got to mark your calendar for the... Expo out in in uh, Indiana. You got to go to this thing in uh, Cadillac, Michigan. And you know what? I think if we get a good enough response, we must, must try and hook up a show here at Montgomery County Community oh, College. We yeah. got to work yeah. on it. I'm putting that right Great now. Great idea. All right? 
I'm saying Kiss Room, Kiss Room, you got to keep tuned in because when I tell you that date, I want everyone to show up. Yeah. All right? So we're going to make it happen. We will make it happen. I'm going to say that right now. What about the one in the I bikini? Hey, Kat, you know what? You know, as soon as I know the date, if you, you know, if you can come up in that bikini in a Kiss Room bikini, hey, yeah. that'd be even better. <laughs> so Cat so, so in your live 75 t-shirt not working for anybody you know what covers up too much I'm going bikini come on Anthony well tell you what we gotta wrap it up we're just about out of time why don't we go around the room everybody just say something and uh, I just wanna say happy mother's day to all you mothers out there that's true yeah. good one good one look at what for mother me this weekend alright <laughs> thanks very much Matt a great time thank you and uh Hey, Facebook, it's Elder Blues. I just wanted to say uh, thank you, Christy Ordano, for bringing me here. I needed this. Thank you. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> right you wanted the best and you oh. got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter. <laughs> I'm like a little kid right now. That's like, that's really, that was awesome. Great. That's going to be his new ringtone. <laughs> There's the new soundbite for the show right there. <laughs> That when Chris Farley is interviewing uh, Paul McCartney. Do you remember that time? Do you remember that time? It's like, I'm geeking out. <laughs> I said really to myself, I would, really not, I would not geek out, but I'm geeking out. That was awesome. <laughs> Len. Yeah, Matt, thanks a lot. I, like I tell everybody else, every 40 years or so, we should get together. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> hey, self, selfless, selfless promotions. We got the, the, the Facebook we're all over. Let's share that. We'll get... Uh, We'll get the, the, the Live 75 Facebook going, get more on there. We love the followers. Uh, we're on Instagram as well at the Live underscore 75 is the only one available. Uh, we connected to the Kiss Room. Right. We connected to Len D'Alessio, so everybody's connected. That's what matters. Thanks, Everybody man. is awesome. connected. There that was go. one of the themes of the show. Now, you said you weren't going to say anything. You, you There's enough Italian names in here. we got to be connected somehow. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, everybody's connected. It came back to our mutual connection here. Chef Keith, uh, so it was awesome providing the food. Thanks for having us here. It was a great time. Great meeting everybody. Well, I got to say, I really thank everybody for being here. This was fantastic. Really a thrill having everybody here. Um, Like I said, we got a lot of things we'll plan for the future. The future is fun. The past was fun. We had a great time talking about it today. You're in the Kiss Room. Go to thekissroom.com. Join us all summer. We're here once a month every, you know, even in the summer. I'm going to give the last word to Ken Mills. We're going to shout out to all our podcasting friends. Thank you for everybody who tuned in. Again, thanks to everybody who was here. This was really fantastic. I'm Matt Porter. You're in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. All right. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene, man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Habnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. Kistery Science Theater. The most civilized? Yeah. Oh, f***. <laughs> oh, f***. <laughs> Come on. Respectful. 
just imagine Gene it's with like, like a with like a washtub bass. Boom, 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 boom. And serious. No way. Excuse me, Bob. You're gonna come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History science theory. We bust balls because we care. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week me and my crew will bring you the Kiss News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a Kiss version of Meet the Press, your source for Kiss News every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Kiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hello, hello, this is Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, and you're listening to Cheap Talk. It's time for some Cheap Talk. You're listening to Trick Chat. Their mommy's all right, their daddies are all right, they just seem a little weird. They even got their KISS records out. This is Ken from the PodKISS. Join me, Matt, Andrew, and BJ as we talk about four great guys and three great chords. Cheap Trick. If you're a KISS fan, chances are you've checked them out. So please check out our show, Cheap Talk with Trick Chat, available for now in the PodKISS feed. Keep cheap tricking. You have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? I'll tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations no but i will say something to anybody out there that's you know the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for 
Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird. <laughs>